Welcome to the Edify podcast, where our guests share practical wisdom on living our faith in public. I'm Mary Fiorito. Thank you for joining us today. Our guest today on the Edify podcast is Simone Rezcala, who is the evangelizing innovator at Endow Group. Simone, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Such a pleasure for, for uh, me to be able to sit down and have a conversation. We've known each other for a few years, but um, it's, it's nice to be able to sit down and um, really catch up with you and find out what you've been doing at Endow. For those of our listeners who don't know what Endow is, uh, the Endow Groups rather, mm-hmm. um, can you give a little bit of the history of how Endow started and what, what you all do? Oh, I'd love to. No, it's lovely being here with you. Yeah, Endow started, was started by three women who discovered John Paul II's writings on the feminine genius. They read it. They were blown away by what he had to say about the genius of women and how crucial it is for, the, for a healthy church, for a healthy world. And they really felt called to get John Paul II's writings on the feminine genius into the hands of all women in the pew, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, every Catholic woman should encounter what Holy Mother Church is saying about how important women are for the life of the church and for the life of the world and in transforming culture. So we call women together to study important church documents for the cultivation of the feminine genius because we know that women who have fully embraced their dignity are true cultural game changers. Right. Well, how do you go about doing that? Is this a parish-based program or is it school-based? We have middle school, high school, adult study guides, but there are eight to 12-week study groups on different writings of the saints, female doctors of the church, John Paul II. It can be in your parish. It can be in your home. It can be in a coffee shop. And doubt can be and is everywhere. Do we do Zoom? There are a lot of virtual groups now. Okay, that's great. Women's state and life circumstances are so diverse that when there's a virtual option, it's fantastic. Although there is something to be said for the personal connections and the friendships that are made, especially among women. Definitely. And some like young moms groups, some will meet virtually and then they'll do like a picnic in between or at the end so that they have that face-to-face contact. But one of the groups I'm most excited about being a Middle Eastern Christian, we have a virtual group going in Lebanon. Oh, no You know, and uh, Yeah, and there, we're finding women kind of scattered uh, in kind of random places in Europe that are kind of in the same time zone that are like joining into their virtual group. Okay. So, and we have a group in Malaysia that started a couple years ago because of COVID. Wow. Somebody just Googled John Paul II and found Endow, and now she's running virtual groups in Malaysia, which is a persecuted country. Right. Uh, yes. So, you know, it's just what, what how God's using Endow is so edifying. Edifying. For me. Well, we uh, love that word here. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it's an edifying for a lot of people. And um, well, I remember giving a talk at a parish. It was a parish mother's group, young mother's group, but also with some older ladies. And I brought with me um, John Paul II's letter to women. And I read portions of it to this group. And it was a a more, I would say, theologically progressive, very wealthy parish. And um, every woman in the group was a college graduate. Most of them had graduate degrees. And uh, Simone, I'm not exaggerating, tears running Mm -hmm. down their faces. And one woman looked at me and she was angry. She said, why didn't anyone ever tell us this? Right. And she was angry. She said, no, I'm angry. And there was a priest in the room and he was listening very gently, but she said, why don't, why aren't we ever told this? And this, you know, she said, she was just talking about the perception problem in the church. And I know this is, you know, endows part of addressing that perception problem. Absolutely. If so, we're, we're dealing with the, say a group kind of like this. So an educated group of women who have never even told us what, um, what would you recommend now as someone who is really steeped in all of John Paul's writings? 
what would you recommend that they start with? What's the beginner's guide? I, to I, mean, I think obviously you did the right thing with Letter to Women, especially because in that document, he says he's speaking directly to the heart of every woman. Mm -hmm. So that is all you need to galvanize someone who may or may not be Catholic, may or may not be Christian and say, hey, this man has something to say to you mm -hmm. about how important your personal vocation is. And I, I also love Pope St. Paul VI, which the way that he closes the Second Vatican Council saying women of the entire universe. I mean, how bold is that? Right. Whether Christian or non-believing, like all women have a genius within them that needs to be activated and cultivated. And respected. And respected and dignified. And so it's just such a great bridge builder. And I, I'm, I'm so moved, especially by the groups where women are starting groups with women who you know have that kind of negative perception of the church maybe think that the church oppresses women they're varying levels of catholic identity some of them are even pro-choice you know so but they're open to hearing what the pope has to say right. about what it means to be a woman and like you said that that reaction i've gotten that reaction so many times where was this information why didn't i know i had no idea i get that reaction too with our with our endowed study on humana vitae right i had no idea the church taught this i had yep. no idea the depth the beauty the richness mm -hmm. uh so those those are incredible incredible moments for me and then again as i mentioned being a middle eastern christian I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to women who uh, are not Christian, who are from the Muslim faith, and they are mm -hmm. curious about what does Christianity say right. about women. And I mean, thank you, John Paul II, because I can just say, hey, this is handy dandy little document called right. Letter to Women. Right. <laughs> you, you definitely can read it. It's very short. That's it's, why I started with short. it, because it it's wasn't short. a lengthy, you know, yeah. papal encyclical, I think those very words would be very intimidating to most, most women. So you should say, no, this is a, just an open letter that he wrote to women yeah. for the Year of the Woman. And um, let's just start with this because it's really easy to understand and it's very clearly um, laid out. But what, what do you think it was in St. John Paul II's background in life that gave him such profound insight into women? Because his mother died young, you know, he yeah. was left with his, his brother and his father. So he grew up in a male-only household right. and then lost his dad and his brother. and how did a man who had no sisters um, right. seems to have had no real um, uh, close female relations develop such incredible i mean really piercing insight into not only women's genius which he, he captures beautifully but also sort of a woman's heart yeah i i think well as it's often said our wounds become our weapons so i think not having a mother that's a wound that then became a weapon because then he became, you know, he's often understood to be the most Marian Pope in history. Right. I think Leo the Thirteenth probably a little bit annoyed at that because he, I think Leo the Thirteenth wrote like fourteen encyclicals on Mary. But yes. anyway, I feel kind of bad for that guy. Um, but I think that you know, Jan Taranowski, who's John Paul II's youth minister. Mm -hmm. John Paul II, in his youth ministry, thought that like Polish Marian devotion was like a bit too much. Right, um, that's a very very strong part of their culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then John Paul II was like, "This is a bit much, you know? Um, how many Mary statues can you have?" Right. And um, and Jan Tiranowski was really formative for him and gave him Saint Louis de Montfort's book, Total Devotion. Um, you know, the Marian Mary, the total consecration, total right. consecration to Jesus through Mary. John Paul II reads that, and it's 
it's like a, it's a, a before and after for him. Mm. So I think that Jan Chernowski's influence and him understanding what true, proper Marian devotion is, that it's ultimately Christological and leads us to Christ. Right. I think that, I mean, he says that was a huge influence on him. Um, and then I think just growing in, he said the rosary was his favorite prayer, growing in intimacy with Our Lady, then really and meditating on that, uh, you know, and his his encyclical Redemptorist Mater, Mother of the Redeemer, I think he just really started to understand, oh my gosh, there is this feminine spirit. Obviously, the perfection of that is Our Lady. That is, and he and he said this in a, in, a, in a, to the Roman Curia, all this is possible because of a woman. Mm. All this is possible because of a woman. And you know, I know there was a Polish intellectual, a female Polish intellectual, who I believe also taught at the Jagiellonian, who was um, something of an influence, and they kind of became, you know, um, intellectual sparring partners. Yes. And she, yes. um, she was a physician, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they became quite close. And I think she also helped to influence some of his thinking, or at least helped him clarify some things he was thinking. And he, yep. um, it, it it just is so fascinating again that you have this really very soul figure. And I remember um, reading a documentary or sorry, watching a documentary and reading a book about him. And when he was elected and she said, my first thought was now we have to share him with the world. Like he had always been ours. And and because he had no family, he was really the world's Pope. I mean, you know, know, Pope Benedict, God rest his soul, who we've recently lost, you know, had a brother at least. And so other other members, you know, sorry, but other popes and, and previously have had um, have had families that you can look back and see, you know, yes. talk about their cousins or uncles, et cetera, et cetera. And so he was really, it's almost like he belonged to the church because yes, there, there was truly, it was a son of the church. Truly. And like you mentioned in his friendships with all the married, uh, I mean, his youth group, um, all of them had these healthy marriages and him right. really like listening to right. women, right. you know, and really... It, when you when you're a listener, and, and nobody had a, more of a right to talk, I would say, in a group of people than John Paul II. But of course, that kind of profound thinking comes from being a great listener right. and, a, and a contemplative, which he was in his heart. Of, you know that Carmelite charism that he had. Mm. You know, and so listening to women, I think he started to like really see the the hiddenness of the feminine genius Mm -hmm. and because of its hiddenness its profound power right and then i think he was so troubled at least that's how i read it um of of this twisting of the feminine genius and the gift that motherhood is and the gift that life is um and and to turning women against the very gift that they bring to the world which is new life whether that's physical in a child but can also be spiritual in terms of and all physical motherhood motherhood should be ordered to the spiritual correct even if it is physical it's doesn't stop there you know for me the uh, evangelium vitae which of course is his great the gospel of life his great pro-life encyclical um which is important for a tremendous number of reasons but um for me, the, one of the most touching passages in all of this is when, I, when he writes, I would like to say now a word to women who have had abortions. Yes. And I almost can't even you know, repeat it now without getting kind of teary-eyed. The church understands that the wound in your heart may not yet have healed. I mean, that was groundbreaking. There had never been any pope ever who had said something so specific to women who have had abortions. And I know, you know that the, the, the decision must have been a gut-wrenching one for you. That does not mean it was... It was and re- remains wrong, but the Lord of mercies is ready to receive you. I, 
that if if that did not crack the you know the 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 hard shell of disbelief of women who were doubting and the love of this pope for women i don't know what else could have yeah and he doesn't down down the truth either i no. mean he's always no, so he, clear about the truth but kind in, but in his so delivery kind. of it yes. yeah i mean he's truly caritas and veritate i mean mm -hmm. charity grounded in truth and the truth grounded in charity right. and he was able to say such bold things so clearly precisely because of his love for women. Mm -hmm. And I also love in that document when he says that women need to avoid the temptation to just imitate right. men. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's not what women are That's here for. That's not what women are here for. Right, don't, exactly. Don't relinquish your own power right. and try to imitate men. Right. And then men step up. Right. Well, and then too, of course, you know, um, I think it's in Crossing the Threshold of Hope where he very specifically talks about irresponsible men and irresponsible men being um, behind a lot of, you know, yeah. the abortion culture and um, and the need for, you know, men who are stronger to step up and, and call out irresponsible men, yeah. which I, you know, which I think, so there's not only this love for women, but there's this real um, provocative verbal defense of women at the same time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, w women c can't respond well to weak leadership in men, right. and men need beauty to be good leaders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we need each other. Right. Right. Okay, right. Again, the complementarity. The complementarity is that crucial. He, that he spoke about so often. Now, now you mentioned um, at the start of our conversation, Simone, uh, that you also, in your endowed groups, study lives of the saints and other. Yes. Um, what? So tell me about some of the other. Um, documents yes, or yes, um, yes. Uh, articles or resources that you use in order to educate women. Yes, well, we have um, all four of the female doctors of the church. So St. Edith Stein, probably my favorite study. Um, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Teresa of Avila, and then our next one that we're releasing is on St. Therese. Mm. So very happy about those. We have Pope Benedict's Deus Caritas S, which again, now that we've, we've lost him, it's no better time to right. look into his writings, God is Love. Um, we have a study on Vatican II document Lumen Gentium, on the dogmatic constitution on the church. We have a Catholic social teaching document. We can keep you busy for a while. There's right. so much to learn. There's so much catching What's up to What's the most do. popular of all of everything? Letter to women. Letter to Hands women. Hands down, letter to women. Yeah, is still, it interesting? Just consistently. It's... But I have to plug Mulieris Dignitatum okay. on the dignity and vocation of women because mm -hmm. while letter to women is so, so pastoral and accessible, um, Mulier Stigatatum really is his philosophical and theological masterpiece mm -hmm. on the feminine genius. So I think I'd like to call women to be brave and also tackle that document because there's no, right. there's no better way to do it than in an endowed study in the sense of you're reading the text, but then you're also reading a commentary that unpacks it for you. Mm -hmm. And then you're answering questions in the context of a small group community. Right. So you don't have to do homework. You show up, you read aloud. The text is designed to be read aloud. So you don't have to do all this reading in advance no, of the meeting. Oh. It's a no-brainer. You show up, you read aloud. That is my kind of meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, particularly, again, you know, if you're if you're a person with a, a job busy. and children, etc. Yeah, yeah it's hard. So just to show up and read is so easy to do. But you always walk away with something and then hearing the other women talking. And I think that another one of the comments I get so often is, I, I want uh, I want friendship in the context of like robust content. Mm -hmm. I don't want dumbed down materials. Right. I don't want superficial things. Right. Well, the church has all that for you. Mm -hmm. So and, we, it's our charism to you know make right. it accessible. Right. But also meet people where they are, which exactly. is what which I is love what about endowed. Exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. Do you ever do any of the theology of the body? Because that, of course, 
um, it with in John Paul's writings is also such a significant part. Oh, it is, and I and I think that the way in which we do that is through Miliar Signatatum. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not so not the theology of the body not the specifically. The body yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, and that's a different. It's yeah. a different type of his we're, writing, we're, right? We, yeah, our mission is 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 writings of the saints and papal documents or magi magisterial documents. So theology of the body would be more. It would be in a different category. Right. Yeah. So, um, so if there's a woman listening to this today and who would like to get involved in an endow group, how does she go about doing that? Yeah. So get on our website, okay. fill out a form. What's the, give, yeah. Why don't you give us the website? Yeah. Endowgroups.org. So that's E-N-D-O-W. If you kind of forget, because it's hard to say. Right. Uh, educating on the nature and dignity of women right. is what it stands for, is the acronym it stands for. Yeah. So endowgroups. Endowgroups.org. .org. Okay. Yep. Terrific. And yep. is everything free of charge? I mean, the study guide costs something to participate, but other than that, the podcast is free of charge, mentoring with me, um, we, you know, everything else is, is complimentary. We have a virtual series going on in 2023 monthly on Molire Stigatatum. That's free. Um, you can just show up once a month and do a virtual study with us. You don't have to purchase the study guide. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, we are a nonprofit. So anybody out there that's passionate about cultivating the dignity of women, uh, please, please think of us. And especially now with all the gender confusion, oh my goodness, I just, <sighs> yeah. the urgency of Endow has never felt more real. Yeah, between gender confusion and, and people, you know, young women who now are dressing in a more non-binary sort of, you know, what we used to call a tomboy has oh, now yeah. become a whole new, you know, name of thing exactly where they feel, then they feel like they have to adopt this identity rather than it being a phase that they're passing through. And oh, it's absolutely. so dangerous, you know. Yeah. Well, and when you think about the fact that the, the, the majority of people who are um, catching the social contagion of supposed gender dysphoria mm -hmm. are girls, yes. are girls. I mean, if gender dysphoria is a real thing, right. but what's happening that we're seeing on massive scale is not that. It's, it's, no, a, it's a different it's just, thing. Right. And that's attacking girls. Sky, skyrocketing pornography rates is attacking adolescent girls. Mm -hmm. And then the most depressed, de depressed category of people in America is American teenage girls. Yeah. So girls and women are being attacked front line and center and and I think Endow provides an incredible resource to oh. tackle that. Well, thank you to you and all of your your coworkers and especially all of the contributors to Endow groups for making this possible for women and um, it is again it's it's such a gift to the church but also information that's so badly needed by women. Desperately. I'm just so grateful that, that, that what you're doing is, is helping to spread this gospel of life and the culture of life and a culture of love for women. Thank so, you so thank much. You. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To make it easier for you to listen to future Edify podcast episodes, please make sure you subscribe over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you.